0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Good morning, and welcome back. As I stretch right in the middle of my intro for hour number two. Oh. I tell you, sometimes coming back from the holiday weekend, you know this. I mean, you, I mean, we're all going back to work on a Monday. Hey, it's tough, man. It's tough, <laughs> especially like a like a like a big eaten holiday weekend. Like I had tons of of like leftovers because I I did like a dual family type of Christmas day. Like the immediate family was Christmas morning. You know, my my parents. My brother and sister in law, and my niece and nephew, and you know, just keeping things. My my family is extremely small, Uh, so we just kept things simple just you know, a few hours over there, just some eats and things like that, and, and spending time with the kids and whatnot. And then, like, the big family, like other, like you know, other side of the family, essentially, their big get together with oh man. There was a mountain of food. I mean, you know, we're all pretty fairly large people. So uh, (laughs) there's a lot of food. And they're like, take some home with you, Jeffrey. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. It's been good leftovers all weekend. And, yeah, sitting in front of the TV watching football, watching basketball, and uh, just enjoying some things. So hopefully you all had a a wonderful and uh, happy and safe holiday weekend and a Merry Christmas And now we gear up for the new year, and, look, there's a lot of things going on. So just be careful out there. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I know that uh, there's some people that are fighting some illnesses and things like that right now. I mean, our very own Mary is back in the saddle today, still sick as can be, but uh, she's not – don't worry, she's following all the protocols. She didn't test positive or anything like that. She's good. She's just feeling under the weather still. This lingering little cold thing going on. So just stay safe, stay healthy out there, protect yourself, protect your loved ones, and uh, make this a happy and safe New Year. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. And we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And it is a Monday. It is 8 o'clock, which means it's time for the Dean's List and the dunce List, as we always do here on the Jeff Dean Show. And we begin... With the Dean's List, our heroes and zeros from the weekend that was, we begin with the Dean's List. And number one on the Dean's List, look, no surprise here, Joe Burrow. (laughs) The the day that he had yesterday, the week that he had, really, because there were some other things going on, you know, just can't say enough about Joey Burrow. And Look, again, you listen to this show long enough, you're going to hear me talk about Joe Burrow because I do love me some Joe Burrow. I love his moxie. I love his talent, his ability to get performance out of his players around him. And, you know, watching him just completely annihilate the rest of the country in his run at LSU during the national championship season at LSU and look like the greatest quarterback in the history of college football for one season, it all came together. You know, I'll go, he had great talent at LSU. He had great coaching. I, I still think that Joe Brady's an excellent coach. And I think eventually he'll find his way into a great job, and, and he'll be a much more household name uh, coming up in, in the years to come. But, look, I've liked Joe Burrow ever since I, I got to see him play. I think he's got it all, and I've said it plenty of times before. And I, it, It's not <sighs> – when you when you when you when you make comps to former players or current players or whatever, I'm not saying that they are that person. Especially when you talk about when you compare them to someone that's that great all time. I'm just saying that he reminds me a lot of what I remember from Joe Montana early in his career. You know, they look a lot alike. Now, Joe Burrow's a little bit taller than Montana was. Joe, you know, Joe Montana's six yeah, six two, uh, but he came in. Little chicken legs didn't didn't look like you know looked like he'd be knocked over by a stiff breeze. Didn't have the world's biggest arm, but was extremely uh, accurate and effective and efficient in getting the ball to his playmakers. Had some moxie. Was able to escape a rush. If he got out in, and was able to run, it was surprisingly athletic and gifted in running the football. Um, you know, there's still questions about his toughness. It just there's a lot of things that remind me of of Joe Montana when I watch Joe Burrow. And yesterday, he had himself a day. 37 of 46, 525 yards, which is the third most in NFL history. Of course, Norm Van Brocklin, a record that has stood for so long. That's one of the stranger things. And I'm not going to go too far aside on this. But the fact that we we live in a world where – There's you know four wide receivers on a football field at any you know plenty of given times on an NFL football field, and the fact that the all-time single-game passing record has been around for 70 years is astonishing to me. (laughs) That Norm Van Brocklin is the guy who still owns the record. It's just it's crazy to think about that. But nonetheless. Uh, Joe Burrow, 525 yards, third most in history, becomes the fourth quarterback to throw for at least 525 yards in the game, also had four touchdowns, just completely ravaging the patchwork Ravens defensive backfield. Now, in addition to all that, there was a Wink Martindale quote. Wink Martindale, I still don't know how guys' last named Martindale continue to get the nickname Wink, but that's a topic for a different day. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, was quoted earlier in the week when they were, reporters were asking about Joe Burrow. How would he stop Joe Burrow? You know Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that. And he basically got sick of it. He goes, look, I'm not trying to give the guy a gold jacket or anything. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on the praise of Joe Burrow. He's a good quarterback, but he's not wearing a gold jacket or anything like that. You don't say stuff like that, man. You just don't. Especially after he hung a 41 on you the last time y'all played, and then he hung a 41 on you again This time, yeah, Joe Burrow gets to show up for his press conference wearing a Santa hat and a Krusty Krab sweatshirt. (laughs) That's what he's wearing during the postgame presser. I love the dude. Showing up in a Santa hat and a Krusty Krab sweatshirt after Wink Martindale says, we're not going to hand you a gold jacket, and you just hung 41 on his defense twice this year. And you get to add a 525-yard performance with four touchdowns, an all-time Bengals high, an all-time AFC North high. Yeah, Joe Burrow, you get to be at the top of the Dean's list today. Number two on the Dean's list. I talked about Josh Allen and how important he was in the, the Bills' victory yesterday. Now, as great as Joe Burrow's performance was, it was against a patchwork defense of the Baltimore Ravens, and there were a lot of players that were making plays for Joe Burrow in that game. T. Higgins and Joe Mixon—I mean, they, you know, they were all making plays, okay. And I'm not trying to take that away from 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 Joe Burrow, but if I'm handing out a game ball, I'm handing it to Josh Allen because Josh Allen was ridiculous yesterday against a fully loaded. Patriots defense that has been stout all single year. They have allowed the fewest points all season long and Josh Allen went over around and through that defense and found all kinds of unique and inventive ways to do it. Here's some of the some of the highlights from from Josh Allen's day against the Patriots in a must win for the Bills. Like they had they had to get that revenge game against the Patriots, right? They were you know, he took over the game Initially, they were they were just getting the short stuff, the dink and dunk stuff, stuff over the middle. The defense was sagging, making sure they didn't get anything too deep, which then exposed some mismatches in the game, you know, in, in, in the scheme. And he was able to find Stephon Diggs for some big plays. He was able to scramble, get off schedule, keep plays alive when the offensive line had broken down. But the Bills scored on six of their seven when they had a full possession, not just an end-of-the-half uh, type of possession. They had seven full possessions in that game. They scored on six of them. And the only time they didn't score was on a bad, a horrible play call, a horrible set of play calls, let's call it, on a fourth. Uh, basically, they had the ball first and goal from inside the three-yard line. They ran four, three really bad plays. One of them was a good play that just kind of got blown up and credit the, the Patriots' defense for that. But they, they, the, the drive stalled fourth and goal at the one-yard line. And, and had Devin Singletary not tripped over the five-yard line, he would have scored a touchdown going into that. So they wouldn't have even had that possession had the five-yard line not jumped up and tripped Devin Singletary on that play. They were 6 of 12 on third downs, and they were 3 of 4 on fourth down. And the reason they were 3 for 4 on fourth down is because Josh Allen would not let them go 0 for 4. He was a force of nature in the game against the Patriots yesterday, and if I were handing out game balls, I would hand my game ball to Josh Allen. He was remarkable yesterday. I mean, absolutely incredible. Put that team on his back, showing the the MVP-like performance that we kind of expected out of him all year. I mean, he was my preseason pick for NFL MVP, and he hasn't played like it. But 64 yards rushing yesterday, and every single one of them was important. Yeah. Josh Allen finds himself on the Dean's List. And finally, the final member of my uh, of my Dean's List today is another quarterback. And he was a day late, was jolly old St. Nick, but he did arrive in the Pacific Northwest in a snowstorm as Nick Foles took the field for the Chicago Bears. He was their only hope. They, they didn't have... Justin Fields, who was uh, ruled out before the game with an angle injury. Andy Dalton, who's been ruled out for a couple of weeks now. And Matt Nagy said, all right, Nick Foles, you haven't started a football game in over a year in the NFL. Here you go. Here's the ball. I hope you're prepared. And because he's Nick Foles, he was extremely prepared. And it took things a while to get going. Look, first of all, Seattle's pass defense has been good all year long. We know it's good. Uh, I shouldn't say all year long. Early in the season, it was bad. It's gotten much better over the weeks. We knew it would. Playing in a snowstorm, hasn't started a game for a year without one of his best players on offense, and all he did was lead them to a victory, 25-24, goes down the field on the final drive of the game, finds Jimmy Graham for a 15-yard touchdown with a minute left, and then somehow, somehow gets this two-point conversion ball to Damir Bird who made this leaping, like, jumping over the helmets of the three defenders that were there in the back of the end zone to come down with that football and get the dub. I mean, again, Nick Foles had a lot of help on that one. But nonetheless, he was the trigger man. And, you know, making his first start in over a year, I love it. I'm so happy for Nick. Look, he's – if, if you've ever met him, if you've ever had a conversation, have ever been lucky enough to have a conversation with Nick Foles, he's just the best guy in the world. Like, he he's just – he's the best guy. He's like the nicest, most cordial, kind, down-to-earth dude. And yesterday he goes 24 of 35, 250 yards, did not turn the ball over, was able to make some smart plays, keep the Bears' offense in the game, and when it mattered most, he drove the team down, showing his former Super Bowl MVP status that he is – and won the football game for the Bears, who are now five and ten on the season, dropping the Seahawks to the same record. Nick Foles on the Dean's list today. Now let's move to the dunce list. Oh boy, not a whole lot of like on the field stuff in particular. I want to begin with the uh, quote-unquote reporter who was at the Patriots press conference, the post-game press conference yesterday. And ask Bill Belichick about a New Year's resolution. So, Belichick, let me just set the stage here. The the Patriots have lost a game, okay? Obviously, not a great moment for any reporter when trying to ask questions of Bill Belichick. We know this over over the years. Just last week, Bill Belichick had to issue an apology to the media for the way that he's treated them recently. Okay? So, Belichick is at the podium. There is a 10-second pause, and I mean 10 seconds of complete dead silence in the room as Belichick is looking around, eyeballing all of the reporters, waiting for something to happen, and none of the reporters in that room had the stones to pull the trigger on a question because every, nobody wanted to be the first question in that room. Nobody. So they hand the microphone to this woman, and she says, hi, coach. Football aside, I'm doing a story on New Year's resolutions and was wondering if you had one to offer for your fans and for our readers. What? Folks, when I say you could hear the groans in that press room, you could audibly hear the other reporters in that room go, oh. Because I've been in that situation before. They're called Press conference killers. We had a guy here in Phoenix that was notorious for it. Every If we saw him in the press room, it was like, he's going to ask a stupid-ass question, Is going to piss off the coach or the player, and this press conference is going to be over. He's going to ruin it for everybody. So make sure you get in front of him and don't let him ask questions. Because he's a, he's, a, he's a conference killer. That was a conference killer. Who on earth asked that question? I mean, like this is what gives reporters – a bad rap because this woman goes in there and she's like, "I um, football aside. And you, you, the, that was the first, word, first words out of her mouth, football aside. Oh, and you just knew. You knew it was coming. It was like slow motion at that point. Like how badly does this woman get lit up by Bill Belichick? I'm doing a story on New Year's resolutions and wondering if you had one to offer. Now, credit to Bill Belichick because he basically said, I don't have one to offer right now, maybe next week. And was very cordial with the woman, and she said, "Okay, thank you." But who in the hell does that? Folks, if you're if you're a a young aspiring reporter, journalist, uh radio host, whatever have you, and you're you're looking for tips in the you know, in the area of of what we do here in the sports media, don't do that. Do not walk into a press conference with a coach who's notoriously cantankerous with the media after a crushing loss in the division at the end of the season and ask a stupid question about New Year's resolutions. She's lucky, lucky he didn't take her head off. And I mean that could be figuratively, obviously. Number two on the dunce list, the Chargers' run defense. I talked about it in the, in the first hour. It's been bad all season long, and yesterday it became a glaring, festering wound that is going to be picked at by every single offense who plays the Chargers from here on out for the rest of the season. The Houston Te- How bad was the defense last yesterday? The Houston Texans heading into that game were historically bad in running the football in NFL history, historically bad. They were averaging just over 77 rushing yards per game heading into that matchup against the Chargers. 77 rushing yards a game. That is historically awful. Against the Chargers, they rattled off 189 yards rushing, which is 5.3 yards per carry. And Rex Burkhead, out there looking like Jonathan Taylor, 149 yards, two touchdowns, ripping off 20-yard runs like they were nothing. And I mean just gaping holes in the defensive line now, Joey Bosa wasn't uh, wasn't on the field, but he's not a great run defender anyways, He's an edge rusher. The Chargers' run defense is—I I, can't—I—I I can't think of a worse run defense that I've seen ever, and I, I mean that. I've seen some really bad defenses in the NFL. I can't think of a worse run defense than the Chargers' 2021 iteration of their run defense. If they don't figure something out real fast. They're either going to find themselves getting beat by 40 in the first round of the playoffs or they're going to find themselves fishing for the first round of the playoffs because they ain't going to be in. <laughs> and finally, on the dunce list, I don't know who I don't know who to blame. So I'm just going to I'm just going to rattle off some some potential candidates here. Is it the state of California? Is it the city of Los Angeles? Is it UCLA slash USC, or is it just COVID-19 or you know, whatever? I don't know who to blame for this, but the L.A. schools canceling slash postponing the men's and women's basketball games versus the Arizona schools for this upcoming week. I, I, it's it, it just, like, UCLA, hey, play a game. UCLA men's basketball hasn't played a game in 27 days. It's been 27 days. Since they've played a game. You mean to tell me that things have gotten so bad with breakthrough cases and COVID cases on the UCLA campus and inside that basketball program that they couldn't play a stinking game for four weeks? Now it's going to be five weeks or more until they play a, a basketball game? That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You can't tell me that there's a legitimate reason why they can't play a basketball game. They all got sick four weeks ago. What is the problem? Now they're canceling and postponing games, and they're causing problems in the conference all up and down because the, both, you know, both the men's and women's team, look, they need to play those games. Now that we have the, the no contest rules here in the Pac-12, these are no longer forfeits. Arizona does not get to go 2-0 against the L.A. schools. This is a no contest. This is a no game. Arizona is getting equally dinged for this as UCLA and USC are, and it's not right. And, again, I don't know who there is to blame. I don't know if, 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 if the school is taking just extra precautionary measures or if it's the city of Los Angeles saying you can't do that, you can't play, if you've had a, a positive test or blah, 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 whatever in the state of California. I don't know who, I don't know who the blame is to lie on. But it's, it's getting out of hand. It, actually, it's not getting. It has gotten out of hand. Now, USC, they've at least been playing some games. They just recently had a couple of cases, had to shut some things down. I get it. This is just recently the, the 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 USC men's team just played a game eight days eight or nine days ago. Usually, hasn't played a game in over a month. Like I mean, by the time they get to playing again, it'll be over a month. You can't tell me that there's there's only fourteen guys on the roster. I I, I just don't I don't understand. And now again, now it's affecting other schools in the Pac-12. And now Arizona's, because Arizona's trying to make sure they can find ways to squeeze these games in, they moved up Washington to January 3rd, and that ruins my schedule now. So now it's affecting me. (laughs) And that's what it's really all about, folks. It's not how it affects the records of the conference, the team. I'm inconvenienced now. (laughs) So there you go. Again, I I don't know who the where the blame is who who to who to heap the blame onto in that situation. But geez, uh, it's it's just look you, you you see the stories about Texas A and M and they had you know eight, uh, what do they have thirteen defensive players on scholarship that were available to play in their bowl game. Yeah, you, you got to cancel. I get it. There's only fourteen guys on the UCLA roster. You tell me that that all your Scully players have had COVID for a month. Get out of here. Again, I'm not, like, accusing anybody of hiding anything. I know I went to Twitter and I was like, I did a little chicken dance on, on Twitter there. Like, hey, you guys might want to, you know, like, oh, man up and play some games. But, jeez, uh, geez, I, I just, it's it's aggravating and it goes on the dunce list today. So there you go. There's my uh, my Dean's list and my dunce list for the weekend that was Heroes and Zeros from the weekend in sports and we'll continue with some more sports talk. I've got uh, some NBA, NHL, college football, and uh, some local stuff, talking uh, Wildcat basketball and Wildcat football as well. Still a whole lot more to come here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Now, I'm sure that you've heard of FanDuel Sportsbook by now and how they're making every moment more this season. And if you haven't, this is your opportunity to score big because FanDuel Sportsbook is not only an official sports betting partner of the NFL, which means that you can place all your bets on the trustworthy app, but they are also celebrating the NBA's 75th anniversary season. And now you can too because new customers can place their first risk-free bet if you don't win you're going to get up to $1,000 back. So it's risk-free up to 1000 bucks. So if you're one of those crazy people or, you know, you just like to live dangerously and you want to sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook and drop a grand on something, you're going to get it back, <laughs> which is great because, you know, you don't have to lose it if you don't win. Now, there's some of the great things about FanDuel Sportsbook that I love. First of all, it's easy to use, which is great because as technology advances, I don't, and <laughs> I'm kind of stuck uh, in the in the olden days. Thankfully, it's easy to use, and they accept Venmo now, which is awesome. Uh, fast withdrawals when you win, you get paid out real quick. Odds boost, specials on daily promos and things like that, plus live betting lets you jump right in the fast lane and start betting right in the middle of games. I did it with the, with the game last night, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and, and Washington game last night. It was a lot of fun. There's no better place to bet on the NBA or the NFL than FanDuel. And if you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, cool, hook your friends up with the refer a friend program because when you do that they get 50 bucks and you get 50 bucks. See for yourself. Why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up using my promo code DEAN to make sure that you get your first risk-free bet up to $1000 and make every moment more this season. 21 or over and present in present Arizona First online real money wager. Only refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800 next up or text next up to 53342 the the NHL has been canceling games at an alarming rate over the weekend the NHL made the you know, made the announcement essentially that they were going to be canceling the NHL players involvement in the Olympics which has really turned off the players as well including one of the best players in the league uh, who has you know Connor McDavid of the of the Edmonton Oilers basically said this whole thing is so disappointing, and that's to say the least. You know, it's going to hurt the the product, not only just the uh, the Olympic problem. But it's, going to, it's going to hurt the NHL product as well. They're the you know the the player association in the NHL. They're adding taxi squads as more games have gotten postponed. Um, now the, the you know the taxi squad is to make sure that. Essentially, there are players who are readily available, essentially. Like, um, you know, they're going to be permitted to form a squad. Um, like, you can put six players on this taxi squad, essentially. So, guys that are always going to be available to you. That way, there's less cancellations. This is something that probably should have been in place already. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, I guess better late than never, but tons of games have been canceled. And I just, again, I, it's it's a daily thing that we have to talk about, and I get so sick of talking about this because I'm just like, man, when are we going to realize that there's a lot of lot of players in these leagues that can play? I just hope that that NFL report uh, comes to fruition and gets endorsed by somebody that that people start listening because once once that starts happening, then I think you'll start to see the dominoes fall as more NFL players are allowed to play in their games, followed by NBA, NHL, and then trickle down into the amateur leagues. Hopefully at the collegiate level, they start following the same thing because this this is just, it's, it's getting out of hand. And there's so many cancellations. And look, you know, I'm looking at, and I had to talk about this at the end of the last segment there, but I mean, re- the reality is, is that this situation right now in the Pac-12 with men's and women's basketball could jeopardize the entire season. Because yesterday Colorado just had to cancel their games. Uh, was it the Oregon schools? The Oregon schools. They the the Colorado Buffaloes because of protocols and things like that. You know, problems within their programs. They had to cancel their weekly games that were scheduled against the Oregon schools. So now they're going to have to try to figure out how to how to rework those into the into the system. And there's going to be more coming, more coming. I, I guarantee you. You know and. and you know, the Wildcats women's basketball team had to cancel the Texas the game against Texas because of COVID protocols, which was extremely unfortunate, but at least it didn't affect them conference wise, except now they're being infected or not infected, they're being affected by the LA schools canceling their games. This could scuttle the season again. And I just I can't help but think that it's completely unnecessary. I just Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the medical field. I'm certainly not an expert, but I'm living in the real world, and I know that people are just getting mildly sick, and they don't have, you know, even even the people that are that are mildly sick are not, they're not even testing positive. I, it, I it, there's just there's so much going on around this, and I just feel like there are too many too many people that don't care about the games being canceled that are making the decisions. I guess that's what it kind of boils down to for me. So, you know, City of Los Angeles doesn't care if UCLA has to cancel 11 basketball games because of COVID protocols. But it affects a lot of things. So we'll continue to watch and we'll continue to update you on, you know, any of the new happenings as far as uh, cancellations and stuff like that go. But, yeah, as it stands right now, Half of the games of the Pac-12 this week are not going to be played, and that's very unfortunate. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk some, uh, some Wildcat basketball and some Wildcat recruiting news for Wildcat football as well. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Join Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 as they broadcast live from the famous Sands at River in Lachoya. you ready for the Monday night football game, Saints and Dolphins. Tonight, big uh, playoff implications for both of those teams and for other teams. You know, like if, you know, if teams lose and such, you know, for uh, for you know, some of the teams in the NFC. They're waiting on that uh, New Orleans loss to try to bump them up into a, a better situation for their playoff seating and whatnot. So big game tonight, and you can check it out at the uh, Famous Sam's River in Stay uh Stay tuned, and you can sit there and watch the, uh, watch the show with Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 and then stick around and have some of the uh, delicious food and drinks that they offer there at Famous Sam's. So head on down there and make it a uh, family and friend occasion for this Monday Night Football the The Wildcats. Uh, Bruce Pasco wrote a, a, an article on the Wildcats. It was basically, you know, uh, five things that are, you know, five things that have been, you know, great takeaways from the early part of the season, or at least midway through, for this men's Wildcats basketball team. It's a good article. Check it out. Um, you know, talks about some of the things, and you know, Bruce gets a lot of insight into things, and he does a great job of uh, of covering our crown jewel of Tucson, there of the Arizona men's basketball team. So up next. After all the shuffling and all the rescheduling that has gone on, the Wildcats will again play at home at the McHale Center on Monday, January 3rd against Washington. Now, Washington currently 5-5. Five and five, And, uh, you know, that game that was originally scheduled for earlier in December that had to be rescheduled to January 25th has now been moved to January 3rd as things are getting moved around because the Pac-12 and the Wildcats and, you know, other teams that are able to play – are trying feverishly to move schedules around to try to leave open dates for rescheduling postponed games. So, <laughs> that leaves you know a lot of unrest in the program and I think these are just things that I guess they're going to have to fight through some of the adversity they're going to fight through. I just I think it's miraculous and credit where credit is due to the powers that be at Arizona basketball uh I mean Arizona football too. They haven't. They haven't had problems within the programs with the COVID protocols. They have not had to. And I'm knocking on wood here. They've not had to cancel games because of their own uh, their own issues. Uh, it's it's just when every school in the country is having problems, somehow Arizona basketball and Arizona football, uh, men's basketball, uh, the women's team did have to cancel one game, uh, but men's basketball has been able to avoid the issues that basically every other program is having. So. Props to everyone involved over there at keeping the, uh, keeping the guys healthy and safe. And they're doing all the right things, apparently. So the Wildcats 11 and one, trying to get. I mean, I'm sure they're they're chopping at the bit right now. They they enjoyed time with family. I'm sure some of them did. I know with the international guys, it's a lot more difficult uh, unless their family comes to them. It's difficult to to go back home and see family. I know Justin Kyer went back to Virginia to be with his family, and he was uh, uh, he, he was on Twitter and he was talking about how much he enjoyed being back home. And but he's looking forward to getting back to work here and uh, coming back to Tucson and trying to get a dub because. You know, they're sitting there with, with that loss at Tennessee kind of hanging over their heads right now. They haven't had a chance to bounce back. I know, look, if you've ever competed in a sport, you have that same feeling that I do and that, that these guys do as well. You get that loss, the, the only thing that you're, that you're concentrated on doing is getting back onto the field to try to get rid of that losing feeling. You want to get You just want to get a win as quickly as possible. You want to get back on the field fast. And unfortunately for Arizona, you know they they played that game on the twenty second. They won't be able to get back on the court for another you know until what twelve days later is that what it is? Twelve days later when they finally play Washington. Thankfully, they'll be playing a very poor Washington team. Whom I, I mean, their game that they played last week, man, I, I they, that team just seems like they've quit on Mike Hopkins. They don't share the ball. They don't rebound. They don't defend particularly well. Terrell Brown has basically been their entire offense. He's the only guy that seems to care. Uh, things have gotten real bad up in Seattle with that men's basketball program, and I I can the writing is on the wall. I, I just I don't know how much longer they can continue to ride with uh, Mike Hopkins as the head coach there. It's just things have gotten really really bad. I think the players have tuned him out. It's a difficult system to pick up anyways especially if you don't have that strong recruiting base where you're constantly getting guys in guys and guys that will stay you know two three years um you know they're relying on transfers right now and it's just not it's not a good fit and they're playing like it like they they're they're a bad basketball team right now and that's the team that Arizona is going to be taking out the McHale Center on Monday night so if you uh if you had tickets for the original December game that got moved to January 25th that now got moved to January 3rd. You can use those tickets at the McHale Center, obviously, and there are still tickets available for that game on Monday night. That game tips off at 6 p.m. As far as women's basketball, there haven't been any reschedules yet. Um, you know, there were, they were there were, were thoughts that maybe they and, and Arizona State would move their games up. Now that they're not going to play the L.A. schools, maybe they would move their own games up. To try to free up a spot, free up a weekend for the LA schools to come in and and play their games like they were supposed to. So we'll see. Again, you know, no no decision on that yet, um, and I haven't seen anything from women's basketball on Twitter. I haven't gotten any emails or anything, so we'll still be waiting on that. I think it would behoove uh, the women's team to move that game up. Maybe they play. Uh, you know, maybe they play Arizona State on Sunday. You know, they're going to schedule them for next weekend, anyways. Maybe they play them on Sunday and leave next weekend open and hope, hope that those LA schools are cleared to play or whatever it takes, or decide to crawl out of their shell or whatever it is. It's at this point, it's 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 you know because it's a men's and the women's programs. It's not the teams, okay? We we know we know it's not the individual teams that are causing this. It's most likely a, a mixture between the institutions themselves and the state of california i mean it's it's basically got to be i just can't think of of anything else it would be but it's causing all kinds of problems <laughs> again so hopefully we can get back on the court again i'm just one of those people like i i, I just want to see games played i don't i don't like games being canceled i don't like work being called off like i like that kind of stuff i'm just i don't know i'm just that guy i guess i'm just i'm just that way I, like i said you know the entire time of of uh, the entire month of november when i had when i had covid the only thing i'd think about was getting back to work like i was like i'll get better eventually i hope it's soon because i'm tired of not working i want to get back to work i want to do what i do i want to live my life i want to do my thing i want to get back to normalcy and i guess maybe it's just weighing heavier on me because i feel like these canceled games are changing my sense of normalcy, and maybe it's just affecting me. Maybe I'm the neurotic one here. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here, just throwing spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks, I guess. But it just – I don't know if, if I'm alone in this, if other people are as frustrated as I am. Fans, you know, fans-wise, I know the administration and the, the players and such, I know they're frustrated because uh, they, they just want to play. They just want to ball. So hopefully they get the opportunity to, and it doesn't cause them – a shot at postseason, or hopefully it doesn't cost them the the entire season, the Pac-12 or, you know, entire college basketball the entire season. Hopefully calmer heads, smarter heads prevail, and they say, look, we don't have to be this ridiculously overcautious about these players that are asymptomatic, that have tested positive, that can't seem to get a negative test. That's what happened with Baker Mayfield. Like, he couldn't he couldn't test out of it. He kept getting negatives. Every single day he was getting negatives. 10, 11 days. Finally, he was able to, you know, get a negative test, get back-to-back negatives, and the NFL cleared him to play. He went sick. So, although the way he played on, uh, on Saturday night, maybe the Browns had wished he missed that one too. <laughs> Four interceptions against the Packers. Uh, could have been a fifth one too. Anyway, so there's that, I, you know hopefully we can get some games played that's just really what it all boils down to and uh, also some other news in recruiting as um look jetfish continues to work on the not only the 2022 class but the 2023 and the 2024 class for that matter uh, i know they were scouting a, a player from the from the 2024 class as well but um they did receive a verbal you know basically like hey uh these are my these are my 10 finalists from a Big time quarterback in the state of California, uh, Jaden Rashada, who uh, who plays in uh, in Northern California. He's a, he's a NorCal kid. Um, it's a place called Pittsburgh, California is where he's uh, where he's at. But he named his essentially his final ten, and it's a, look. There's a lot of Pac-12 schools in there. Among his top ten are the school from up north, uh, UCLA, Oregon State, Washington, Oregon. Also outside of the Pac-12, Arkansas, Auburn. Oklahoma, Penn State, and your Arizona Wildcats. So the uh, the Wildcats doing some uh, doing some work there. He is rated as the fifth best quarterback according to Two Four Seven Sports. He's the fifth best quarterback in the uh, 2023 recruiting class, um, and he's somebody to keep an eye on as the Wildcats continue to try to build their you know build their class. Whether it's not just 2022, which was stellar, uh, but 2023 and beyond. And, of course, Arizona and Jetfish still trying to look for possibly a potential transfer uh, quarterback now that uh, Keaton Slovis did not work out and he's off to, to Pittsburgh. There could be another name that we could hear over the next few days of uh, Arizona bringing in a, a transfer quarterback to come in and just add a little more depth to that quarterback room. So we'll keep an eye on that and, of course, keep you posted, And as will uh, Spears and Ali in the afternoons here on ESPN Tucson. All right, we're going to take a break. When I return, put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the jeff dean show that's next here on espn tucson
0: the jeff dean show on espn tucson is brought to you by desert diamond casinos desert diamond is true tucson more of the jeff dean show on 1490 am 1049 fm espn
1: tucson Or cancellations duke men's basketball Goes on pause. They've now canceled their next two games as COVID protocols are dictating. Uh, Jeff Goodman, who, of course, you know, good friend and a guy who covers the uh, uh, national side of college basketball. We're trying to get we'll try to get Jeff on. Maybe we try to get him on this week or uh, the beginning of next week. Talk with him about the the status of everything that's going on. He actually went and uh, he talked to 125 different programs um between yesterday and today and asked them if they have been testing their players like they said okay you come back from christmas break we're going to test you all uh less than 40% of the programs that he talked to tested their players on their way back like uh, you know basically you, you know back from uh or I'm sorry no the other way around 40% f- 38% tested and 62% did not ta- did not test so It'll be interesting to see what happens with the remaining pro- 358 programs in Division One basketball. And um, it'll be interesting to see if, if some of the larger conferences demand that the schools test their, the teams test their players as they're coming back from Christmas break or not. So uh, I think the numbers are going to go up. You know, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better as far as cancellations in college basketball. I just hope it doesn't ruin the season. I hope it doesn't scuttle the entire – college basketball season like we had to endure last year um, or I should, you know, you know what I mean, two years ago, essentially. So we'll see, um, you know, and look, the, the, the college football playoff. I know a lot of people are like, okay, college bowl game, you know, Miami that, you know, they had to opt out of the sun bowl, which sucks for El Paso. Like sun bowl is like their big thing. Like they do such an amazing job. If you've never been to a sun bowl, I know people are like, oh, El Paso and Sun Bowl, blah. Look, if and when Arizona goes to a Sun Bowl, I encourage everyone to go out there and check it out because that city just goes out of their way to ingratiate themselves with the teams and the fans. That's like their big event of the year in El Paso is a Sun Bowl. They go all out. Like, it is a great experience. Players and coaches always talk about what a great experience it was to play in the Sun Bowl. Fans love going to the Sun Bowl. It's too bad. And, you know, look, I just hope it doesn't cost us a college football playoff game or both or a championship or what else. So, again, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. We'll update you here on the Jeff Dean Show, as will Spears and Ali every afternoon here on ESPN Tucson from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. That's going to wrap up today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the buttons and making sure we're back on the air and for gritting out a tough one today as she's still under the weather. Hopefully she starts feeling better tomorrow. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow right here at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.